Welcome to Hearthstone Network, where we bring you true stories, great teachings, and inspirational testimonies that will captivate your spirit. Join us for a journey of resilience, wisdom, and triumph to encourage you through the power of storytelling. I'm so glad you've joined me today on the Sandra Hearthstone Show. We have a treat for you today and a treat for me. We're going to actually spend some time talking with one of my heroes of the faith, Heidi Baker. She is co-founder of Iris Global. Iris Global is an amazing ministry housed in Pemba, Mozambique, Africa, but they actually have bases all over the world. Heidi is one of the most amazing women you will ever meet. She's brave. She's courageous. And she loves Jesus more than almost anybody you'll ever meet. So I'm happy that she can spend some time with us today. We're actually going to be talking a little bit about a film we made in Mozambique not too long ago. It's called Snakes in the Fire, about a feared witch doctor and his girlfriend covered in leprosy that came to an outreach to attack Heidi. But before we get going, for those of you that don't know Heidi, I want to introduce you to their ministry by showing you a quick video, and then I will introduce you to this amazing woman of God.
Estamos juntos unidos pela reconciliação e consolidação da unidade nacional e consolidação da unidade nacional. Estamos juntos unidos pela reconciliação e consolidação da unidade nacional e consolidação da unidade nacional. I have this thing in my heart that we were going to build a university for the glory of God, and, and they would uh, these children that never got to graduate. No, no one ever in the history of their families ever graduated from high school that they would have a chance to study and become doctors and scientists and lawyers and and ministers and. That they would just be able to grow food for their own people. You can't see transformation without a university. It's impossible. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Sandra Hartstone. Well, today I get to introduce you to one of my heroes of the faith. I want you to meet Heidi Baker. Probably many of you already know her. So Heidi, thanks so much for taking time to uh, stop in and have a chat with us. Oh, it's a blessing, Sandra. It's so great to see you again. Well, I thought one thing we might talk about is um, a few years ago, I came to Mozambique for the first time. And I just, I'll tell everybody the same thing I tell Anybody that says they're going to Africa, be prepared because once you go to Africa, that's it. You're going to leave a part of your heart there. I don't know what it is about Africa, but when you go, it gets in you. Do you think that's right, Heidi? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, the on one of my trips are, over are there, so one, of the, one of the first things you did was introduce me to a couple of people that are just just wonderful that was their names are jose and albertina and jose had been one of the most feared witch doctor in three counties and when i came to see you they had just recently found the lord so without giving mm -hmm. the story away heidi i'm just gonna let you bust in here and tell me you told me at the time that this has got to be one of your favorite stories of your 40 years serving in the mission field is that right absolutely it's beautiful and, and I love I love just how real how real it is. There have been dips and turns and and uh, twists in the story. But the beautiful thing is that uh, Jose absolutely loves the Lord and is set free from witchcraft. And he was uh, one of the most feared witch doctors in three provinces. So in Cabo Delgado. Niasa and Nampula province, people were terrified of this man because he had just so much uh, power, dark witchcraft power. And some people in the West don't think that's real power. It, uh, it's, it's real power. It's just yes. very, very much less than anything God can do, than anything yeah. Jesus does. It's so inferior. Yeah. But it, it is a real power. And, you know, they're, they they do strange things. You know, he would be bitten by these snakes. 
that he would sick on people. You'd kill people with, with, uh, or curse people with, but they would bite him and he wouldn't die. And that was impossible in the natural. And so people were terrified of him. He'd go down and, and put spells on crocodiles, weird, weird stuff like that. And, um, be able to tame crocodiles and some really crazy stuff that I think is a little too much, even for this um, <laughs> audience, you know, but you know what, he, before yeah. we go any further, how about if we just roll the trailer to this film so people can at least get a visual who, who these people are. So they have somebody in their head when we're talking. So let's roll in that trailer. He was so angry and so broken, and she's got leprosy sores. And I just saw what God thinks of these two. Snakes in the Fire is available now for free at HeartstoneNetwork.com or the Heartstone Network profile on Pray.com. Okay, well, I I hope that uh, entices you to want to see the whole story because it is a powerful story of the transformation of Jesus Christ, and you can see it with your own eyes. So, Heidi, go ahead with what you were saying when we went to see the trailer. Well, just just that um, I I watched uh, these two very different people, both of whom were totally isolated in the village. So he was isolated because he was a witch doctor and he cursed people and killed people. People Mm -hmm. were terrified of him because of the dark powers and because of how many people he cursed and hurt and people would pay him to, to curse people. And for her, it was a totally different story. People were also terrified of this, um, this woman, Albertina, because she had open running leprosy sores. Mm. So people are terrified of leprosy in Africa. It's very it's something that is contagious. And so nobody wants to be around uh, two sorts of people. They don't want to be around a leper and they don't want to be around a witch doctor. Um, so, so both of these individuals were completely isolated in the village of Imperi. Uh, she, if she wanted to get water, she had to do it on her own. If he wanted to get water, he'd have to do it on his own. Everything they did, um, each one of them did, they'd have to do totally alone. So they were alone in the world. They were without God, without love, without friends, 
without anything beautiful and positive. It was just a hellish existence. What is that and a sign of that, Satanism that she did that he never got her leprosy? I think that's very strange, as close as they were, that he never uh, got her leprosy. Yeah. Right. They spent a lot of time together at that time. And um, he never got the leprosy, whereas very, very, very contagious. He also did not die from from the um, snake, snake bites. bites. Well, that just proves there's witchcraft. To, oh, severe witchcraft. It was crazy. Um, but the beautiful part of the story is everything changed when when they individually, when they met Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It was the most beautiful thing to watch. Just um, this, all this pain on Jose's face. He was so exhausted and he looked so spun out. Um, and he, just everything changed when I commanded those snakes to jump into the fire to be burned. And the snakes obeyed because greater is wow. he who is in us, Jesus, than he who is in the world. So the snakes had to bow to the name of Jesus. Well, now, and he they, came with those snakes. To do harm. To to do and harm how, to me. Absolutely. How long did it take? And was it difficult for you to convince him to burn his livelihood and believe you? I mean, how did all that happen? Um, it, it just took a few minutes. I was very excited because <laughs> I I know I know what God can do. So when I heard that this man came to curse me with his snakes, I was very excited. I I came out of my tent, you know, I was sleeping in my pup tent there in the dirt and came out. I was very excited about it because I've read the book, you know, I have <laughs> read this book over and over and I know again, greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. So there was this power contest going on, but it was no contest because <laughs> Jesus is so much more powerful than any demon than any witchcraft he's just more powerful and so um what about the people with you 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 had a lot of people with you on an outreach were they freaked out well it was interesting the Mozambicans had more uh respect i think for for the snakes because they know about the snakes but there were some westerners there too um westerners and easterners from first world countries and they really didn't understand what was going on or how venomous these snakes were. Some of them were getting pretty close, which was wow. hilarious. Uh, you really shouldn't get close if you don't know what's going on. Like these snakes are venomous. These snakes jump. They're puffer adders. They mm. jump. And uh, some of the people just didn't know what was going on. It was, of course, it's in Makua and Portuguese. And they don't know even what's happening in this contest that at one point I read some scripture for them in English, the ones that spoke English just to help them get in on what was going on. Oh, oh. Yeah. Wow. So Heidi, tell me why people that are listening to this that live in America or wherever, why should they be cared? Why should they be concerned about what goes on in Africa? I believe that, as as citizens of this world, all of us are citizens of this world. This world is a very small place. You can mm -hmm. get on a plane and within a day and a half, two days, you can get anywhere in the world at any mm -hmm. any given time. It's it's just the world is a smaller place. 
And like we were discussing earlier, um, Africa will become the, the fruit basket, the bread basket of the world. Um, we need to be concerned with Africa because um, God's concerned with Africa. God loves every tongue, tribe, and nation in the world. And when there are problems in Africa, there are problems. Those are problems that should touch us as well. When there are victories in Africa, they should touch us as well. It is, we are meant to love one another. John mm -hmm. 17, we are meant to love one another. Also, Africa just has a lot of, uh, in, in a natural realm, it has a lot of land. It has a lot of um, material. And it the people of Africa do not want to be colonized again. So um, don't there's a lot of natural resources, that, you know? isn't there? Don't they have a, a lot, lot of, of gold and silver? And oh, yeah. But I, it seems Absolutely. to me that witchcraft is one of the biggest problems on the whole continent of Africa. Do you think that's right? Yeah, it's it's um it's very very high up there a very serious problem people um still believe in um in witchcraft and they still a lot of villages um will almost all villages will have a witch doctor and yeah. um and people need to understand when africans when sometimes when they do become christians the whole idea of witchcraft has been ingrained in them since birth because, you know, it's a lot of times it's the old mama in the family that carries on this tradition. And so some of the people, even though they follow Christ, they've got this duplicity going on where they're still afraid to let go of witchcraft because that has been in their family always. And it's a real hard pull mm -hmm. to let go of that. Do you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's syncretistic. Um, you yeah. see it in cultures all over the world. Um, you see it in, in the Western cultures as well with education, with with um, finance. Uh, they, they'll come to the Lord and yet they'll still have the idols before them of, of um, money. They'll have the item, the, the idols before them of of um, material possessions of their homes, of their stuff. Um, and they'll put that before God. So. It's, it's true. It's the same story all over the world. It it's just in Africa. It's, it's really in your face uh, that there's this dark power that people still believe in. Um, and the dark power exists. There is a there is a fight between light and darkness. We need we need to understand Ephesians six. Be be full of the power of the spirit, put on the armor of God every day, whether we're in the West or the East or the North, the South, wherever we are in the world, mm -hmm. we need to have the full armor of God. So um, the enemy is the enemy all over the world. He's the same. His tricks are the same. The way he reveals his, his um, sliminess may, <laughs> may be different in the West. Um, but it's still the enemy's sliminess. So, mm -hmm. for instance, in, in in Africa, when you'll be in a worship service and God's really moving and, and the power of God's really in the room, you'll see people suddenly start to manifest demons and they'll start sliding on their stomachs and hissing oh, wow. like snakes and moving in ways they can't move. Just right in the middle of a worship meeting, you'll see that. Um, I've seen that in Asia as well, um, where people suddenly their faces are contorted. And, and it's just the, the enemies trying to mess with them, trying to take over their bodies. 
Um, in the West, you'd probably see it often in a different way where people would be absolutely uh, enthralled with money, 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 money. They just want money more than God, money more than uh, family, money, um, power. Uh, everybody in everybody has the same struggles, you know, it's, it's true. This power. We're all the same. It's power struggle, money struggles, all of these mm -hmm. struggles that people have. And so I think for, for us to understand Africa, which is my, my home place now where I live and where I, uh, where I've been now for almost 30 years, uh, I think it's, it's powerful for people to understand that, that all of the struggles we all go through are very much alike. So to understand one another and to see what God's doing in the rest of the world is a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. We, we cannot afford to be isolated in this world. We cannot afford to be isolated. Yes. I think that we also have to remember that the believers, no matter where they are, what they believe, they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Absolutely. <clears throat> You know, we, we if, took, if they're hungry, we're hungry. I mean, it has to be like that. Whatsoever yes. you do for the least of these, my brothers, Jesus said, you do yes. unto me. So yes. if, if someone's hungry in Africa and, and you say, well, that's none of my business, then you've been blindsided. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is your business because the Lord makes it your business. He, he actually has called us to love one another, to care for one another, to see one another and to bear fruit that will last. And it's not just not just in our own neighborhood, but it's it's fruit that will last global global fruit. Um, and as you're starting to step into farming now, Sandra, and you're looking at farming and ways of farming and in a, in a natural way, in the way that God's really developed it, that's huge for the West as well. Because if, if they forget Africa, there's going to come a time they're going to really feel sad about that because they're going to miss yeah. out on the, on the um, partnership that God has designed for them. Well, it's interesting you said that because the reason I did go into farming or start doing what we're doing with the, with the growing food is because I stood in a refugee camp and I saw these uh, under malnourished children. And I saw the desperation on the faces of the mother and the hopelessness and the fathers and, and uh, the fact that they had to rely on the United Nations to feed them. And they were only getting a cup of rice and a cup of beans to, to sustain them for an entire month. And then of course, COVID came and that even got cut off. And now the United Nations has pulled out of, supplementing food to Africa. So, you know, I stood there and I looked around with tears in my eyes privately, you know, not in front of people, but I just said, you know, Lord, I'm here and I've seen it. And I know I can't solve world hunger, but I can't go back to America and pretend I haven't seen this. And now I'm responsible. And that's the way I feel about it as believers. If we see something we're now responsible and I'm going to be held accountable to God. You saw that. And why didn't you do anything about it? So I asked the Lord mm -hmm. to show me, what can I do? And, you know, Heidi, yes. as a result of that, there are 100 gardens today 
and Mvepi refugee camp in Uganda. We just got started. We've just started this season and we trained a, a young man who God called him to be a pastor. He built a, he grew a garden that's feeding 10 families. Now he's harvesting maize and carrots and green beans enough for 60 people, but he has trained 100 other men and women who are now have putting in gardens for their families. So see, I mean, it can, and that's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. So one person can make a difference this year. And I'm talking about this young man. I'm not talking about me. He said he has to do something or his people. And he's slowly acquiring chickens to be able to pass out eggs to the mamas to feed their children. And, you know, one life does matter. One person Absolutely. can make a difference. <clears throat> you know, you may not be changing the whole world. <clears throat> and, you know, you know, Heidi, you you may not be Billy Graham, but I'll tell you what, you have inf- you have affected that whole country of Mozambique up one side and down the other with the work that Iris is doing. One person makes a difference. Well, I think it's a it's a beautiful team, beautiful team, and and we know it's all about him, but we we have we owe it to the world is some people that I really respect have, have said, we owe it to the world to, yes. to shine for Jesus. We really do. Like all of us are meant to shine and it's yeah. not just this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. No, the Lord wants to put a big light in you. If you read the scripture, you'll see it. Like every single believer on the planet can shine and ask the Lord what it looks like to shine. And I'll tell you, just like you've just mentioned with that young man growing all that food, um, he's shining through growing that food. The way we shine for the Lord looks, it doesn't look the same way for everyone. So when I look at um, Albertina now, by the way, I want to go back to that for a moment. She was totally, completely healed of leprosy. Jesus did that. Jesus healed her of leprosy. And there's no denying it. She's She doesn't have little fingers. Her toes are gone. The Lord left her that way. But all those oozing sores are open. So now Albertina is shining for Jesus. She yes. is a happy person. She is somebody who carries love and kindness. Oh, yeah. She's she laughs all the cares. time. <laughs> she laughs all the time. She, she cares for other people. Um, she... Yeah, she has an amazing um, partnership with a guy who who has he he's not able to um, do the things she can do, and she can't do what he can do. So they link up and they help each other. So mm. it's just fabulous. I love how how the Lord leads them together, um, mm. and we need each other. And when I look at the the relationship, you'll have to come back and and tell that story next time, Sandra. But the, the way that we all need each other, that we are all interdependent is, is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And God made us that way. God made us to be interdependent. He wants us to see one another, love one another, understand one another, rejoice with one another and weep with one another. It's yeah. just who we are. It's who we're called yes. to be. And, and we you know, need to see. God uses the weak. Right. And he he his ways are not our ways. And I don't know if it's in our lifetime, but I'm telling you, when you look at the globe, the we were talking about the arable land, 
that's on the earth, that's the places you can grow food. As you take those lines on the on you know the equator, <clears throat> excuse me, the equator, and you draw them around the earth, what you will see is like places in America and Europe. We have cities, we have buildings there. The, really, the place where there's left on planet Earth to grow food is Africa, and and I have no doubt. That someday, like I said, I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime. I don't know. But I'm telling you, it would be just like God for Africa to be the breadbasket of the world because he his ways are not our ways. And I, I just think I and I think a lot of prophets have talked about that, too. But I believe it with all my heart. I see something happening all over Africa. I, I see a movement happening. Are, do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Heidi? And absolutely. Yes. And. Um, food, spiritual food and physical food are, are huge. They're key. Yes. They're absolutely key because you cannot live without the bread of life, Jesus. Yes. And you cannot live without yes. physical food and living water. The living water, Ezekiel 47, Revelation 22, Psalm 1 river. You cannot live without that river of Holy Spirit, that river of presence of God. But you also cannot live without physical water. And so Africa, Africa is a beautiful place to learn in the natural about what God is speaking about in the spiritual realm. Well, I do want to say that uh, there's a lot of turmoil in the world and there's a lot of stress in the United States. So for for those in the United States, I know we we have our mind, the news and everything is on what's going on with America right now. But I want to encourage you to watch this story, Snakes in the Fire. And I want you to watch it because I want you to see how we are all alike. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what race, color, nationality, country, we are all alike. The love of God is the love of God. Transformation of Jesus is transformation of Jesus. And I want to encourage you to take a look at Africa and to care about Africa and to care about Egypt and to care about France, we, we all need to care about one another because I'm telling you, we are the same. And when God looks down from heaven, Heidi, I don't think he looks and and I don't think he draws his little line and goes, okay, now that's the United States. Okay, this is Germany. We are all one and we all have the same father mm -hmm. and we're brother, brothers and sisters in Christ and we have to care about one another. When I stood in a refugee camp, and played <clears throat> this film, Snakes in the Fire, in Uganda. We had put it into Juba Arabic language. And I watched these people over there in the camp watch the film. I asked them to stand up. I said, tell me, tell me, what do you, what do you think? Do you, does this mean anything? Do you want more? Please be honest with me because I don't want to spend my life doing these kind of things if it doesn't matter. And I mean, one by one, they stood up and said, we thought that when something went wrong, the first thing we did is go to a witch doctor. But if that witch doctor is going to admit that it's not the best way and he's going to burn in snakes, then what that says to us is that we should never go to witch doctors again. And I'm telling you, Heidi, I stood there that day and I said, Lord, you have me crossing a line in the sand and I will spend the rest of my life trying to fight witchcraft in Africa. If you if you're if you're game, I'm game. Mm, that's powerful. So through, I want people to care about Africa. Jesus. And so do you, because Absolutely. I mean, Heidi, you'll, you used to say, I used to hear you say the poor made me rich. And I thought, well, that's, that's a clever sermon. <laughs> and then I came to Africa yeah. and I sat with and the people. 
They've changed my life. I spent so many years with God trying to overcome hurts and boo-boos and things in my life that, you know, think of your heart like an acre of land and you have hurts and boo-boos. And if you hang on to them or they're not healed, that takes up space. So now maybe God can only occupy half an acre or a quarter of an acre. So you have to get rid of those hurts in your heart so they can own the whole land. And that's what sitting with the people in Africa did for me. It healed some long, lifelong hurts and wounds in my heart. And you know, Heidi, they made me, whatever happened, allowed me to be free to love without afraid of being hurt. I don't know how I did it, that's but that's powerful. what happened to me in Africa. That's powerful. That's the power of Holy Spirit. And they will, I, I believe African people, because they're communal, they'll take time for you. They'll take time to sit with you. Um, Even if you don't speak their language, they'll find a way to share with you, communicate with you. There's some, the most beautiful things that I've learned um, from other people on the planet have been through Africans, uh, uh, in particular Mozambicans. They've taught me what love looks like. The, The believers, they'll just share everything and anything. I'd love to tell you a story like right now what's going on, as you know, there's still the conflict with Al-Shabaab, ISIS in northern Mozambique where we live. And um, this family after families, very similar story. But this this one story, I'll tell you this dear, dear friend of mine who's went through our Bible school, just an absolute precious man of God, lost everything. Al-Shabaab came and burned down all of his churches, his home. They just had little plastic bags walking for for days, you know, with these little plastic bags coming to Pemba where they had um, studied for Bible school. And I looked at the family, I'm thinking, well, there are people here I don't recognize. And why do you have more people than you started with when you're missing some people? Well, some of his family had died um, at the hands of Al-Shabaab. And, and they had taken up more people as they walked, um, wow. escaping, as they walked into this little, it's just, our city is like, just has a few more military in it. So it's a bit more protected. People try to come there and then we go out and feed the people. Anyway, what I found from with this man, instead of him feeling like a victim, and this is something I've learned from Africans, instead of him feeling like a victim, he was an overcomer. And he said, he said to me, mama, I, I, I didn't know where to put these people just coming to, to our, our new, we gave them a little, little small place to stay in and, it's all we had. And he just filled up his yard with more people. He's filled up the whole yard. He gave them, he and his wife gave them their grass mats. They gave them their food. They just shared everything they had. And, and it, it undid me. I was completely undone. I've never seen such radical generosity in my life as I've seen through these people that are lovers of Jesus um, that have given their life for the gospel. And instead of them being bitter, I've lost everything. I've lost my home. I've lost my livelihood, my farms, my churches. No, they don't. They don't just cry. They will cry. 
but then they'll allow Holy Spirit to touch them with joy and they'll go out and he leads our relief and development department um, for all the internally displaced people that we work with in Cabo Delgado. He leads that. He has become a shining light. Mm. Like Jose is a light in his village. Like Albertina is a light in her village. So many people, um, I believe in the West, start feeling sorry for themselves. You know, we know there's a lot going on with, with the economy, with the price of food, with the price of everything. It's just going up, 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 up. And if we're not careful, we can start getting our eyes focused on the junk, the problems, the economy, the politics, all of that, and get our eyes off of the lamb who was slain. We, once we get our eyes off of the lamb, off of Jesus, off of who he is and what he's done, then we, we start sliding down the slippery path of feeling sorry for ourselves. And what you can learn from Africa and why you should care about Africa, because Africans can teach you so much. If you'll let them teach you, oh, if you will let them teach you, you will become a much stronger believer in the Lord. Um, they will teach you about generosity. They will teach you about pure faith. They will teach you about what it means to care for your brother, your sister in a way that you've never understood before. I I just, I want to encourage you all to learn. Learn from Jose and Albertina's story. Learn from Shilombo's story. That's the man I was speaking about. Uh, learn from these powerful stories. And they want to learn from your stories too. But stories are, Jesus always used stories to communicate. And he's still using them today through people on this planet that want to tell you their story. So enjoy uh, this story about snakes in fire uh, and enjoy this story about the beauty of Albertina's life and how she has family all around her now. And Joe say how he has now family all around and even they have dogs around them. Um, oh, yeah. Dogs used to be terrified of them. They would beat dogs. They would beat people. It was they, just terrifying. Now they have children. Uh, Jose has children around him and his family. Albertina has children around her and her family. It's it's just a beautiful thing. I want to encourage yeah. you. Learn from they, the Africans. They truly do have a life filled with joy. They do absolutely. Well, yeah. It was uh, it was a great honor to be able to tell their story. It was a great honor to get to know them. It was just a great honor to be with Iris and to see all the work you do. It's just, I, I'm telling you, <clears throat> I sat yesterday putting snakes in the fire in another language. And uh, all day I just kept saying, wow, I've been a lot of places in Africa, but Lord, do I ever get to go back to Mozambique? Mozambique is my favorite place. Um, that it's the one closest to my heart, I guess, um, because I got to spend time just sitting in the dirt with the people. And, you know, I, our friend, Mama Tina, her, her daughters would come over and I would go sit and we would all sit around and talk. And of course, none of us understood each other's language or they didn't understand me. I didn't understand them, <laughs> but you know, Heidi, this is what's interesting. I spent a whole day with them talking about, you know, how many kids you have and where you married and where you live, you know, just the stuff you do when you get to know people. A few days later, Can't I went back it. to see them 
And I took a translator with me. And I kid you not, we had understood each other 100%. All the things we asked to get clarified, we already understood it. So somehow your heart's know how. And, you know, it's like when I would meet certain people like Tina, I would meet her. And I mean, I fell in love with that woman in five minutes. And, and then the second trip back, soon as I hit the ground and unloaded my suitcases, I went running over to see her. And that's the way it was every time. And I thought, how, how do you love somebody when you can't even speak their language? But you know, Heidi, that's God. That's, that's the Jesus in her heart and the Jesus in my heart. It's just like a magnet, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you just connect. He, he is a Absolutely. God of transformation. So, wow. Yeah. Well, I wish we could keep going, but I know you've got things to do and probably other people listening have things to do. So I guess we ought to wrap it up, <laughs> but, but thanks so, so much for coming on. And I do uh, hope people uh, check it out on heartstonenetwork.com. Uh, snakes in the fire. So we will see you next week. See you soon, Heidi. See you soon, Sandra. Love you.